Everybody said, amen. amen. High five someone before you're seated. Oh, I am excited about today's message, and uh, I will conclude it next week. It's going to be a mini-series, and we're going to talk about the spirit of marriage, the spirit of marriage right away. Some of you want to stand up and walk out, but I'm asking you to uh, be patient and allow me to share with you God's heart regarding relationship and marriage. Turn your Bibles to Malachi chapter 2. Yes, Malachi talks a little bit more than just money and tithe. Malachi chapter, chapter 2, and we're, I believe we're going to go to verse 11. Uh, but as we discuss marriage, I want to discuss with you the Holy Spirit's role in marriage, in relationship. We live in this world that traditional marriage is under attack. Literally, relationship is under attack. Even though this is happening related to marriage, you must know God created marriage perfectly. Everyone say perfectly. perfectly. And calls marriage the holy institution that he loves. When you hear someone bad-mouthing marriage, they are talking about something that God loves. That is one of the major things that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords looks to. And matter of fact is we are his bride. The marriage supper of the Lamb is going to take place one day. Because marriage is an institution that God created, it is perfect, and he loves it. Malachi chapter 2, verse 11, he's talking to Judah. Judah has dealt treacherously, and an abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the Lord's holy institution, which he loves. He has married the daughter of a foreign god. God created marriage and said to Israel, I don't want you marrying people who serve other gods. I don't want you marrying other people that have a different thought process of who God is. And so what was happening was Israel was doing that, and the prophet Malachi was prophesying to them, is literally what you have done, saying to Israel, that you literally has, have despised something that God loves and has created it holy. Solomon married a thousand wives. Who? <laughs> and many were of other gods, and they turned Solomon's heart away from God for a season. Verse 11 says this, they have profaned the Lord's holy institution. The word holy here means set apart for God. There is something that God has set apart for him, marriage. Marriage between us and him and literally the institute, institution of marriage that we have on this earth. 
So let me set us up for the meat of my message today. This is going to be the introduction, and next week we're going to show you how. So first, we must understand that God created marriage to succeed 100% of the time. You don't have a 50% chance. You don't have a 75% chance of success in your marriage. You have a 100% chance of success in marriage when you do it God's way. And you understand the heart of God. You understand the institution that he loves. Now, I want you to hear that correctly. I want you to hear what is being said the, the holy institution set apart for God that he loves. So there's something that he looks at as marriage that he created, he loves that. But because man does not understand and do not walk in kingdom culture in marriage, then the marriage that they are despising and hating is not the marriage that God loves. It's not the institution that God loves. And the difficulty that is there is that we have a dependency to learn what marriage is from man instead of understanding what marriage is from God. And when God says things, that he is saying it because this is what will bring health to you. God's word brings health to you. So God doesn't create junk. He doesn't create anything to harm us. So hear me, hear me out. Watch this. From the beginning of creation, Genesis chapter 1, God created everything, and he looked at it. You read it when it talks about the creation, and said, it's good. God said, it is good. Except one thing. He saw man by himself and said, that's not good. So he created marriage. Now understand this, as we are talking about marriage, we are thinking of our experience. What I am saying to you from the very beginning, what God created. When God saw man that he was alone, God said, that's not good. He created the image of marriage when he created Adam and then molded and shaped Eve, and they came together. God saw that was good because that was the heart that God had towards you. That's the way God sees you. When you became born again, when you accepted his proposal and you became born again, you became one with God. That is the signature, that is the identity of this thing that God loves. God loves us being together. God loves relationship. God is a relationship God. The enemy tries to lie to you and say, where is God? He's not around. He doesn't talk to me. I don't see him. All these different things. But that's why Jesus came to let us see who God is. God became flesh and dwelt among us. You need to come Wednesday night to the Bible study as we talk about the book of John and the relationship that we have with Jesus. 
But in Genesis 1, God created everything, looked at it and said it's good except one thing. He saw man by himself and said that's not good, so he created marriage. Marriage is the first institution God created, and it is the foundational institution of all society. Let me explain what I'm about to tell you. Before God created a government, he created marriage. Before God created a church, he created marriage. Before God created anything else, God created marriage as the foundation of the society, and Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. So here is world history in a nutshell. As goes marriage, as goes society. See, the first thing the devil does to destroy any society is to destroy marriage in that society. But here's some good news. Everybody ready for some good news? When God is going to rebuild a society, he does it two ways. Number one, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he, will, he sent his word, and when God's people will take the word of God, it will bring healing. The word of God was sent to bring healing. And number two, God rebuilds the marriage. So in the move of God right now, God is rebuilding your marriages. Well, Pastor, I have a good marriage. God's rebuilding your marriage. God is wanting you to see your marriage as perfect. God is wanting you to see what is going on. And I know, I know, I know that we work real hard to mess it up. But I want to tell you, when you begin to look at the things of your life, at your relationship, through the institution, the holy institution set apart for God, and you look at it and you begin to love it like God loves it, you will see such a transformation in your life. You will see an excitement, the bitterness, the anger, the frustration, the hurt, the, the despising, all the things that have come through relationship because we didn't see this amazing holy institution that God loved. We didn't know what it was. We just thought it was, I love him, I love her. No, most cases, I tell young people, most cases, you're going to learn how to love. Right now, you just lust a little bit. And that's okay because that's the kind that God gave you to be able to move into that realm. You see, because literally God lusts after you. God goes after you. God, I'm using a term that people, oh, it's terrible as sin. But I'm just telling you that God literally goes after you. The Bible says he is a jealous God. When you will turn your, your back on him, when you will turn your back on his word and what he says, what, what God, the Bible says is that God is a jealous God. And he'll come after you. We expressed to you about the prophet that God told him to marry the prostitute. And what he did is the example of the love of God in the last series that we did. The number one thing that people need is Jesus, and the number two thing people need is family. Praise God for the church. Because some of you have family that have literally 
gotten lost and have run totally opposite of God and you have nobody, but you come into church and you're loved. You come into church and you begin to see people that are there. Uh, Same thing, people that aren't perfect in their soul and they might make mistakes, but bottom line, we are a people that love one another. We have kingdom culture at Valley Community Church. And when we get offended, that is not the culture we live in. When we walk in unforgiveness, that is not the culture we live by. Because Valley Community Church is an anointed church, anointed people that walks in kingdom culture. And that's the way we live our life. That's the way we will always live our, our life. And the Word of God is always number one. Everything that we do. So here it is, God and family. The devil is in an all-out attack, and it's been a long time he's been doing this from the beginning. In this attack, you hear people who are bitter, who are negative about marriage. But let me just tell you, these people that are bitter and negative about marriage, they're talking about the holy institution that God loves. It is perfect, and God created it. Don't badmouth marriage. <laughs> Y'all got quiet there. It's like this. Whew. Here's the second thing setting my message up marriage works based on God's plan and or his word. Did you know in 1930, the statistics showed that 83% of adult Americans were married. Today, 49.7% of adult Americans are married. Let me ask you a question. And, 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 and I'm just, and when I ask this question, I know the answer. But I'm asking the question because I want you to think, but I want to interject what I believe according to the Word of God, the answer is. And I want you to really rise up, and I want you to speak to your soul right now, and I want you to tell your soul to line up to the Word of God. I want you to literally tell your soul right now, think this way, that what pastor's about to say is going to change my life and change the way I see everything in my life. Here it is. What is the difference between 1930 and today? People believed the Bible in 1930. Society based their values on the Bible. Literally, now I'm going to talk like an old guy. In my school as a kid in the 60s and 70s, yeah, I graduated high school in 1975. I was waiting for the who from all the young people. Every morning over the loudspeaker, our teacher would ask us to pray. There would be like a short alarm that would go off. Our teacher would say, please stand. And we stood and we prayed in Jesus' name. Someone over the loudspeaker would be appointed to pray in Jesus' name. The Ten Commandments hung in the school office and many government buildings and businesses. Many business 
As you look back, many of the business plans had the Ten Commandments in their business plan. We were not ashamed of Jesus, but now we are. Today, we are ashamed of the Word of God. We're always wanting to disprove it because in the world today, we have lost our identity as sons and daughters of God. We have lost who we are. Pastor Dan, the worship team today, were literally being led of the Holy Spirit regarding identity and who we are, and we have lost that. Not us at Valley, but we have lost that as a society. To the degree that we have rejected the Word of God, marriage does not work in our society. So it has gone down from 83% to 49.7%. So I submit to you, church, we need to go back to the Word of God and make it the foundation of our lives and our marriage and our relationships. Everything that you and I do has to be lined up with the Word of God. We cannot allow society to rule us and to make uh, their words our words. When society, I see it all the time. I see it in movies. I see it in children's programs. I see it all the time. I see it in some Christian children's programs that the moment I see it, I drop kick it into the shredder because I will not allow society to rule the church. It's the Holy Spirit and the Word of God that needs to rule the church. And when the the Holy Spirit and the Word of God rules the church, then the church will line up to the Word of God, and then the church will be the gracious, loving, caring church that moves out and touches lives and brings healing in people's relationships. But people are bitter. People are angry. You could tell my wife and I have done a lot of marriage conferences and have taught all around the world marriage conferences. Here is marriage biblical mathematics. Two plus one equals one. Two people who invite the Holy Spirit in their marriage become one. Why is that truth? Because the Holy Spirit binds us together in the deepest intimacy possible in a marriage. And I know that we have uh, Valentine's Day, which I think Valentine's Day is wonderful. I love to see people express their love to one another. But how many of you guys, the week before Valentine's Day or the day up, of or the day before Valentine's Day are living in fear. Fear is not, you know, you don't have the right card. I mean, literally, I have literally talked to people who have had nervous breakdowns because of Valentine's Day. I know we laugh at that, but it's real. Because fear wants to come in and to steal, kill, and destroy. Fear wants to come in and to bring about an understanding of, if you don't do this, you're not going to have intimacy. Intimacy, literally true intimacy, only comes and is possible in a marriage if the Holy Spirit is invited. 
And if the Holy Spirit is not invited, you can have sex, but it's not intimacy. Now you got real quiet. The reality of life is based upon the relationship you have with the Holy Spirit and how you are moving in your life in those areas. Now, when that happens, then that true intimacy becomes so intimate, becomes so real, because it's an intimacy only God can create. You can't create it with a box of chocolates. You can't create it with flowers. You can't create it with cards. Now, those are good. You can only create it when the Holy Spirit makes you one. When we do weddings here, we teach the people that when you become married, the Holy Spirit makes you one. But you can overcome, you can overwhelm that intimacy by trying to do your own intimacy by rejecting the holy institution that God has created. Are you following the thought here? Are you following what the Word of God tells us? This is what was happening in Malachi chapter 2. I mean, there were probably a lot of people there that were married, a lot of people who, who, who loved each other. But what God was saying the very thing, what will destroy every aspect of society is if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to make you one and that you don't allow God to be number one in your life. We have to create this ability to see what God has done and create it. For all you that are single, sometimes when a guy gets up here and teaches on marriage, and he's been married for 38 years, you look at me and you might think, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about because he doesn't know what I've gone through, how I've been rejected. And well, let me just tell you, if I will live my life in accordance with the Holy Spirit, someone who's been rejected more than anybody else, his name is Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us over and over how that he was beaten, that he was rejected. And the reality is he still loves you. He still loves the institution of marriage. And we need to line ourselves up to that. And again, this mini-series, I'm going to show you what the Bible says, how you do it. It's simple. It really is. It's simple. All right, so... Here's the other part of biblical marriage mathematics. Two minus one equals two. Two people who reject the Holy Spirit in their lives remain divided. You can have the best marriage pastor marry you, and that ain't going to work if the Holy Spirit is not in it. You cannot enjoy this intimacy and join your marriage until you invite the Holy Spirit in your marriage. Now, this is from the last series, uh, Don't Ever Forget. Forget what? His benefits. God, through the Holy Spirit, fills us and meets our deepest needs. That is impossible for your spouse to fill. When I married Terry, the thing that I, I, I got this... Uh, 
personality, type A personality. And I grew up with managers and supervisors as parents, all the different things. So my mind always goes how to make things, okay? And, and the reality, my mind goes, when, when I see people that are not submitted to the plan, then I let them fly by the seat of their own pants until they're ready to come back and to hear how to get this thing done. So I said all that to say, when I talked to Terry and I asked her to marry me, I told her, I said, I'm not marrying you to cook my meals. I've been cooking my meals since I was seven. But please cook, because you're good at it. Okay? I didn't marry her to help pay bills. Because I believe that if I will walk, and I'll be a tither, and I'll be a giver, that God will always supply my needs. I didn't marry her, you know, to to do everything for me that at life, I married her, I told her, I am marrying you because I believe that in my heart that you're the one that I'm to marry and that if you and I will love God and walk with the things of the Lord the way we, we know how, that he will honor us, he will bless us, and we will succeed in our ministry, we'll succeed in our marriage, and we'll succeed in our life. And so I promise you, I told her, I promise you, I will do everything I can to make sure that there is a, a, a conducive place where there's agreement to where you can accomplish what God's called you to accomplish. And guess what? Her call is different than my call. And there are things that she accomplishes as a grandma, as a mom, different things that I knew that's what God placed in her life. So I made things conducive so that the culture in my home was based so that she could be released to do that. Not because I'm all wonderful and Mr. Perfect Valentine. It's because I'm hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. When I married her, I'm being led of the Holy Spirit. I'm not being led by her beauty. She's beautiful. I'm not being led by, by her gifting. I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. And that's what I'm saying to you. If you want to align this, I, you know, it doesn't matter if, if you, your parents were divorced, your grandparents were divorced, your great-great-parents were divorced, you can live your life in such a joy and intimacy in your marriage that their, their choices, their inability to allow the Holy Spirit to be a part of their life, that can stop in your home. You can make this happen. Many of you have been divorced. Many of you have had relationships that people reject you. Some of you are hurt. Some of you are angry. Some of you are bitter. I understand that. I understand that. Because I have to make choices. I have to make choices sometimes not to be mad at Terry. And sometimes I get mad at Terry. Remember the story of the woman at the well uh, who had five husbands? Jesus said to the woman, if you keep drinking from that well, you will always be thirsty. But if you knew the gift of God was talking to you, if you knew who I was, you would ask of me or him and never thirst again. 
Now, Jesus wasn't really talking about water, but he was using the experience of the moment with this woman. Jesus was saying, you are trying to get your soul thirst met from a man. And it's not going to work. Your deepest needs cannot be met by a human being. Your deepest needs cannot be met by a human being. You have to understand that in your relationships, even those that are single, if your relationships, you need to understand it's not, you know, what that person does, where that person takes you, you know, uh, they say, Do you, if you love me, let's go to bed. That's not what's going to meet your need. It's going to meet the, mo- the moment need in your soul. But bottom line, what you have to understand is that what God is saying, what you have done, Judah, is you have rejected me to give you fulfillment in your life, and you've gone towards mankind to do that, and I want to tell you, it doesn't work. It won't work. So here are our four basic needs. Acceptance, identity, Purity and purpose. Look at the world today. What are they crying out for? They're crying out for acceptance, identity, purity, purpose. Purity in a wrong way. You are a bigot. You are all, they're calling everybody all these names because. That person doesn't think the way that person thinks. We're looking for safe places. And we're looking for that place where literally someone can get up and say, there's too many of this color in this room. Some of you need to leave because I don't feel safe. We have to get to a place in our life of getting out of what the world wants you to think Get back to the things that God wants to fulfill. God has fulfilled your acceptance. He's fulfilled your identity. He's given you purity, and he's given you purpose. Before the foundation of the world, God has called you and anointed you, and he has given you ability and identity to be able to do great things in the kingdom of God and in this world. There's great purpose. There's identity of who you are, the call of God. Jesus Christ went to the cross and he shed his blood so that you could be pure. And he has accepted you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But our mindset is, our mind, our will, and emotions is trying to get all this fulfilled by man. My wife cannot fulfill these for me. I love her. She's everything. But she cannot fulfill these for me. If I expect her to do that, number one, she will fail and I will fall. Because it's impossible for you to meet your spouses or your relationships They're, oh, we're just close buddies. Well, how many of you have had close buddies that something happened and they left you? How many of you had best, you know, best friends? I mean, we grew up together, and then all of a sudden something happens and they leave you. They cannot fulfill 
these things. Only God can meet and fulfill these in your life. Now, this is kind of long, this point, but I, I wanted to get this to you. Many people are not acknowledging only God can meet our four basic needs. So they naturally transfer the responsibility to their spouse or another human being setting themselves up for failure. But when you do it God's way, there's a 100% success rate. Folks, <laughs> I'm a good Gary, but I'm a bad Jesus. Terry's a good Terry, but she's a very bad Jesus. In your relationship, stop demanding out of each other only Jesus can fulfill. Stop demanding that. Back to the woman at the well. She was beaten up. She was abused. She was cynical like our society is today. Jesus came to her and went right to the root of her marriage problem. He said, if you would just ask me, I would meet the need of your soul thirst, and you will never need to drink out of your well again. And matter of fact, he goes, and then the person you're with, now you're not married to and you're living with them. Oh, but pastor, you know, things have changed and that was the old way of thinking. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you and I will grab a hold of the truth and let that truth set you free and not allow yourself to expect your spouse to be your Jesus then allow him to be your Jesus. He will fulfill you. And then when you're with your spouse, even though they're not soulish perfect, you can love them and have intimacy like never before. But again, because we have turned our backs on what God said, what marriage is, that we struggle and we have lost from 83% to 49.7. So listen very closely. We are designed to love God first, and out of the overflow of God's love, we then love each other. I'm going to say that again, because I'm going to go to another step, because what we're going to do is we're going to work into kingdom love and relationship. We are designed to love God first, and out of the overflow of God's love, we then love each other. That's how our marriage works. So, as we join ourselves with the Holy Spirit, here's my point. This enables us to have functional, joyous, fulfilling relationships because now we're walking in a love that we can't experience as a human being unless we experience God first. And you can love your spouse greater than you could ever love your spouse. <laughs> You're getting quieter. Can someone just say amen for me? I know you're grabbing hold of this. I know, but you know, when, when the Holy Spirit is really diving into your heart, you're listening because you're a child of God and you're hearing truth. So here's the third thing. The Holy Spirit allows us to love beyond our human capacity. 
1 John 4, 16 says this, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love isn't something, it is someone. God is love. And when you understand God's love, he fulfills your purpose. He fills your identity. He fulfills all these things in your life. Then what happens, that overflow of love then pours all over those that you love in your family, your spouse, those that you, you love as, as relationships and friendships in the body of Christ, the church. Man, this should be the greatest place of godly love. When we enter into the body of Christ, when we're out in the courtyard, when we're teaching the children, all these things, love just needs to just explode out of us, and it's not human love. It is God love. It is agape love. It is something that is so pure. It is so right. It heals. It restores. And it literally sees people, even in their faults, as someone very special, because you see past the faults. Amen. There is a cheap human love, and this love that everybody talks about, and a lot of it happened February 14th, it's a dime a dozen. And it cost people a lot of dimes, and it wasn't real love. It's predatorial, and it's plastic. I had to go to the dictionary and find other words, because these aren't words I normally use. But it's predatorial, and it's plastic. It's easy come, and it's easy go. God's love is a love that never leaves. Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake. God said this, and he means it. By the way, that's covenant language too. From day one, he says, <laughs> I'm all in with you. Man, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the perfect, gracious, loving, caring, all-powerful God says, I'm all in with you. Don't allow the world mentality, because church, we have. We have, we've allowed the world's mentality to become the Word of God. And it's not the Word of God. The world's mentality is junk. It is cheap. It's plastic. He never leaves. Galatians 5, verse and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And before we, we quit here, just got a few more minutes left. And don't use this teaching against your spouse. Don't use this teaching, I'm all holy and you're not praying as much as I am. That's why we have marriage problems. Wrong. That's called pride. That's called, well, I'm not going to say that. 
we have to get to a place of loving one another right where they're at. And that love, expecting that love to be able to create, like I said at the beginning with Terry, to create an atmosphere, to create a culture in your home, in every place you go, that love, intimacy can manifest. That's how important that person next to you is. That person next to you is, is God's magnet of his power and his love to be able to be expressed towards you. You have to recognize that with all the faults, with all the failures, all the different things, all the hurt, all the stuff, all the bondage, all the th- yeah, yeah, stuff that comes from the world, I want you to know you still have a 100% chance of success in your marriage because it's transformed immediately when you allow the Holy Spirit. You invite the Holy Spirit. Two plus one equals one. And that unity is powerful. The love I am talking about comes from God and or from outside of us. We don't have that love. In our soul, we don't have that love. We don't have the capacity to love apart from God. That's why we need to be Holy Spirit-led and Spirit-led. Because your spirit is perfect. Remember in the Garden of Eden, God told Adam not to partake of the tree of life, and the day you do, you will die. The Bible says you will die, then you will die, or die, die. The Bible tells us when God created Adam, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Now, that breath of life, that was not oxygen. That was the Holy Spirit. Why do I know that? The answer is because when Adam and Eve partook of the tree of life, they still had oxygen in their lungs. But the Holy Spirit departed from them. They died spiritually the day they ate of the tree. That was Genesis chapter 3. And in Genesis chapter 6, says that the entire world was immoral and corrupt. How quick it goes without the Holy Spirit. That's what happens when we don't have the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our marriage and our relationships. Here's what I want to say to all young people today. You are individually whole. W-H-O-L-E, not H-O-L-E. As an individual, you are whole. Young people, you have an amazing purpose of God that only God can help you accomplish it. Getting married doesn't make that any better unless you get married and allow the Holy Spirit to lead your marriage and make you one. Then you will have two individuals. See, marriage doesn't make you, when it says one, it's not talking about as individuals. When you get married, wives, you still have your own identity. Husbands, you still have your own identity. 
all this lie to you, well, if you get married, you just lose everything. No, you don't. That's if it's 2 minus 1 will equal 2. Then you'll be angry and bitter and try to prove yourself with your spouse when you don't have to. My wife doesn't have to prove herself to me. She has to prove herself to God, show herself approved. And so because of that, we have two anointings, two callings, two sets of gifts to be able to accomplish, but we work together as one under the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then what the Bible says, we become, watch this, 10 times stronger because of that anointing, because of that unity. That's what happens in marriage. I come against fear that some of you have had in your life. I literally had people at the club come to me and ask me, Pastor, man, I haven't got my wife a gift yet. What do I need to get her? I said, I don't know. I'm not married to her. <laughs> Laughed. I said, dude, man, just pray about it. I mean, God will show me that? Yeah. He knows how many, well, you don't have many, but he knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows all things. Again, I laughed. I think that's why they come to me, because I'm not this, oh, hold on a second. Oh, God. He's dying because he doesn't know what to get us. You know, you just lead people to the Lord. You lead people to the Holy Spirit. Some of us are looking at our problems and we're thinking, I don't think anybody's ever faced what I face. This is awful. I can never overcome this. This feeling, this emotion, this depression, this, all this stuff that's going on in my life, there's no way, there's no way anybody has this. I'm the only one. That's, I call that the Elijah syndrome. I'm all alone. You're not. Jesus is there. Holy Spirit is there. Whatever you're facing, your wholeness comes, young people, your wholeness comes from serving Jesus and doing what he asked you to do. And when you do that, you will have your four basic elements of life met because only he can do that. Without the Holy Spirit, we simply cannot function in God's ways in our relationships. Wherever you are at in your life, I want to tell you, there's forgiveness, there's wholeness, bondages can be just drop-kicked out of your life. And I'm going to use the word again, because I had a bunch of guys send me videos of this. What the world's trying to tell you about identity, security, purpose, all that, it's a bunch of hogwash. I had guys send me pictures of a guy washing a pig. I love you. I mean, I just, I think that's cool. <laughs> I just put LOL, I, you know, I, that doesn't mean lots of love. It means laughed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us older people, what's that mean? I was there for a while. 
I just kept quiet till I learned everything. But you need to recognize this. Jesus loves you. And wherever you're at, 100%. Whatever's going on in your marriage, whatever's going on in your relationships, whatever people have done in your life, 100% success. Because watch this. If you're single, you still have 100% success, and that's your relationship with Jesus Christ. And he will lead you. The Holy Spirit will lead you. He will guide you. And you will succeed in life. And if there's a desire in your heart to be born to uh, be married, a desire in your heart to to live in that lifestyle, he'll lead you to the one. Amen. He'll lead you to the one. And they are there. There's hope in everything, church. Let's do it God's way. Let's all stand.